Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is 365 Sports, powered by Sikkim365.com. Welcome to the Triple Option. Here's your host, Paul Catalina. Welcome into the Triple Option, Paul Catalina, Garrett Ross. You see Garrett there. Sometimes he's just a disembodied voice. Yes. And you may wonder, like, is Garrett a real person or is he like Casper the Ghost <laughs> and we're some sort of necromancers that have brought him back here that's not the case uh he's a real person there you see him right there uh, on camera um because you know the way it works in the studio is the way that we have this set up it would be it's a little challenging We're there not, are there are a few ch yeah we only have so many options to work with when it yeah. comes to camera so angles. like eventually we'll get it all like changed we're like we're gonna we're, we'll probably be in the round where it'll be like the you know the the like I wanted like the Super Bowl where they take that 360 degree yeah shot. yeah I like that that's that's what that's what the goal is but um, anyway there are uh, there's several things going on in college football and of course we'll talk about the NFL playoffs in the last uh, segment at Garrett as we've as we started to do um, it was a rough weekend for me college basketball wise yes. Um, not personally, Florida State is on an absolute tear, um, so that's been fun to watch. But I went from watching Texas uh, beat Baylor at the buzzer, which was Brutal. one hell of a game. Yeah, It was a, a hell of a game, and Baylor caught Texas at the absolute wrong time. I mean, like, we all were talking about that on Friday. Yeah, like, You knew at, it was coming. After that horns down thing happened, it's like if you're Baylor, like, oh, of all the times yeah. for like a controversy that's going to kind of galvanize them at least for a day. Like you could have at least had that at home. Like you had to go to Yeah, you had, and you had to go to yeah. the, the brand new Fantastic Moody Center. That's pretty dope. You yeah. had to go do that. Like, yeah. And I'll tell you, um, I don't think most people in Austin would mind me saying this. Um, I hated the Frank Irwin Center. It was terrible. Um, I, I, I had to do several high school basketball games there. Mm -hmm. uh, I covered some games there. Um, I went to a concert there once. It just, it, like, it just was. I never know? stepped a foot in there. Yeah. I, I, never, so, I never had opportunity to go to the Frank Irwin. So I've always heard it was better for concerts, though. That, yeah. That's kind of how it was built, was a concert arena. Yeah. So uh, Texas played with a lot of effort for the first time in a long time. Um, and ba look, and Baylor lost. Like it was so. I, that was tough to watch uh, as a person who uh, doesn't like anything that Texas does ever. Mm -hmm. uh, and then uh, also a big, you know, supporter of Coach Drew and the guys. You know, I, I just 
Uh, I'm not like homerish for Baylor programs Correct. necessarily. Yeah. Like we support them because they support, like it's a symbiotic relationship. Yes. When they do well, we do well. But I've known Coach Drew for a very, very long time. I've known all those coaches, Coach Tang that's gone now and Coach Driscoll and you know, Coach and McCaslin all, yeah. and Paul Mills that are all like, they're all fantastic human beings. So I like I have all these teams that I root for now. Like I'm I'm super into Wichita State now, and I like you know like you know look gung ho for Tech basketball yeah. because of Grant. You know like I hope they do really well. Kansas State is a hard one for me to say. I'm saying it here on this podcast because I think Amanda's <laughs> not watching. But like I like and we've had the argument before. Like yes, I'm happy for Kansas State because I love Jerome Tang so As much. You should be. So it's hard to watch people that I have so much respect for lose. But look, it's just one. And then Kansas hauls off and loses to the worst team in the Big 12. And I was like, well, there goes my Saturday. That's it. Yeah, um, so you sent the text out, and I was like, what the hell? It was like the bat signal. So I went on Twitter, and I saw it. And I was like, oh, God, they cannot do this again. So that's what, three? Yeah. So you, go, you lose to UCF. Now you go on the road, lose to West Virginia. And you get beat. Like, come on, man. Yeah, it's just... It just wasn't. Look, at least they had a win in the middle there. They had a win. They beat Oklahoma State really badly. But, uh, you know, it just wasn't It just wasn't great. It wasn't no. great. But, you know, we're through it. We're on to the next thing. There's Big Monday tonight. We'll see what happens, which I believe is Texas Tech, isn't it? I think it is. Yeah, yeah. I think, yeah so here I am saying, like. <laughs> Pump it up. Yeah. I, <laughs> I'm going to have to pretend like I've never heard of Grant McCaslin <laughs> and see how long that that lasts <laughs> for me. Before You're going to get like, fed all week, dude. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, no, Cincinnati. I'm sorry. It's Cincinnati. Cincinnati. Okay. So, but yeah. And it's at home. It's at, um, it's at the fog. So, anyway, that was that. Garrett, um, I do want to talk about something that has nothing to do with sports for a minute. Okay. I told you this story on Friday when I came in. And I do want the opinion of the chat room on this. Oh, okay. So, I told you on Thursday night, I ran to the grocery store to get a couple quick things. Yeah, is this the car? Yeah. Yes. So I pull into the parking lot. It was very, it was very busy. You know, it's six thirty on a Thursday. Like, you know, people are run, like doing what I'm doing. Like, yeah. I don't think anybody's doing their full shop. But oh, you got to make a mad dash. But just like, grab you got to get for like, I needed, I needed milk and eggs and like, I needed the ba- like the basics. Like, I'm yeah. outside of the basics. My again, wife was out of town last week, so I go and I park, and the car next to me is a very beat up old Ford Taurus and it is not over the line but it is as close to the line as you can possibly get mm-hmm. I mean it's just right there and so I I'm like you know look and, and we've with look many people in the chat room have come in and gone and made uh, comments and observations about my weight I understand I'm a husky boy a gravy boy a gravy boy. Yes. I'm a gravy boy. Like, I get it. That's where I am in my life right now. Maybe one day it'll change. But right now, this is where I am. Nothing happens overnight. So I know that I'm going to have to, like, open the door slightly and then, like, as much as I can, like, you know, fold myself right, in. Right, You know, squeeze in. I don't know if you ever saw X-Men 3. There was, like, a mutant that went to the meeting. He was, like, a fat guy. And then he made himself a skinny guy. I was going to have to do that. <laughs> But then I could, couldn't figure out in that movie, like, why would you ever walk around like that if you could just be shredded? Right, just keep you know, it keep Unless it you'd be times. incognito, I guess, yeah. you know, mutant and all. But, like, if you could just be, if your whole mutant thing was being, like, a fat guy and then a skinny guy, like, just be shredded. Like, just be shredded. Anyhow, 
that's neither here nor there. So I got out and I did slightly like tap the door. I knew it was going to happen, but I, I was very careful. I was holding the door to yeah. make sure it didn't just fly open. It was a little bit windy. And so as I'm walking away, I hear, hey, you could at least say you're sorry. And so I turn around and it's this goth chick in the car. <laughs> I mean, and like picture goth chick, like black hair, weird hat, all black clothes, lip ring, you know, like all the things that you would picture. And very pale. Um, <laughs> like, honestly, like she'd given blood every day for a month, pale. And so I, I was like, oh, well, I'm sorry. She's like, well, I said, I, I know it like dinged it, but it didn't really. I mean, I can show you. It's not that big a deal. And she's like, well, you did. And that was very rude. And I was like, well, I'm just telling you. Um, you are as close to the line as you can get without getting over it. And she's like, well, I'm, 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 I'm within the parking space. And I was like, yeah, but you're still by the line. So like, this is going like, whether it was me or somebody else, it was probably going to happen. I'm just yeah, warning you. It was inevitable. And then she's like, well, I mean, you could at least apologize. I'm like, well, I did. And I'm like, and so I'm like, well, I'm not going to stand here and do this. So I went through, like rushed through because I'm like, Wednesday Adams is going to key my car. Oh, like, definitely. That's- yeah, <laughs> Definitely. That's going to happen. And then I started to feel guilty because I was like, well, maybe I was a little bit harsh to her. Like, I did ding her car. Like, you know, I could have been a little bit better. I was a little bit short with her because when I get yelled at to apologize for something, I'm not going to respond with like, oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Please. <laughs> so I, I go back, and the car parked next to me is like a Ford Expedition, a gigantic car yeah. parked within the lines, perfect parking job by whoever the white expedition was congratulations to you if you're watching this and you know who you are you know who you are but i was able to open the car fully and all that and i was like no screw her <laughs> so was i in the wrong at all no i mean no you you bumped it um you were as careful as possible um no, I mean, I, I, it's one of those things where you're probably looking for something you're <laughs> looking for a reason to mm-hmm engaged like i I mean i don't don't see any problem with it yeah yeah okay good i'm glad i just needed some verification from that that you know but i was convinced that like i was going to come out to like that's what see i would have been tempted a pentagram yeah i might have just went and like moved the car yeah (laughs) i do not want to i've had like yeah i've had cars keyed i don't want enough yeah no i just and like i've been like ah, well that was that yeah so um, but anyway, uh, so uh, the, our lead topic today, though, the big topic, and the big college football story is Ohio State Ooh. this week. So Ryan Day woke up a couple weeks ago on a Tuesday morning to what is the worst day you could imagine in Columbus, Ohio. Yes. And I cannot stress enough Like, there are not many things that would make the collective city of Columbus, Ohio, more upset, and really maybe even most of the state of Ohio. Definitely think you can throw the state in. But, like, most of the state, but especially, like, his immediate circumference. Mm. Now, he might have been at the coaches' conference, but, like, he still woke up and was going to have to go back to Columbus, and Michigan was the national champions. Michigan was also the national champions in a year where they had gotten caught doing some things that were untoward. Mm -hmm. So that adds a little bit of hot sauce to this in that, you know, Michigan was stealing signals and they, like, really nothing happened to them. Like, everything went through. 
a couple of players got some free tattoos and it was like a it was oh. a crime, right? Yes. So like I'm I, I'm I'm just putting myself in the shoes of an Ohio State fan. I'm not trying to say like, well, one is better. Like, I don't know. I really don't know. I'm not here to be judge and jury. Nobody's given me that job. Because if I like, believe me, they won't, like a lot of the stuff that's like illegal in college football. I'd be like, well, nobody's getting hurt, so who gives? No. A but like that, that would have been like that would have been my thing. Is like, okay, who gets hurt from this? And like, well, literally no one. I'm like, well, then it's not a rule. Let's not worry about right, it. Yeah. Let's worry on this the stuff with like yeah. actual cheating, actual things, actual problems. But there's a lot of stuff where you're like, well, no one really gets hurt here. And then most of the time, it's like no one gets hurt. But like the universe is like, yeah, but we can't, you know, bilk people for all this money. And like, well. You get hurt, but no one cares. Right, right. <laughs> like, yeah. You're not really someone I'm worried about hurting here in this. You're going to win no matter what. Yes. You're just not winning by the score that you thought you would. Um, it's, it's like when your team only wins by three. And you're like, well, you should have won by 30. And you're like, well, you won. So just, just take the dub. <laughs> <Yeah>. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, but he woke up to that. And I know that every everywhere that, you know, you go into the office, you're over by a coffee machine and – how you doing, Steve? How do you think, Carl? How are we all doing? Like, I promised that most office buildings were pretty maudlin that day. Like, it was really just kind of a sad day. Mm -hmm. And people were like, God, Michigan, stupid Michigan. You know, like, they beat us and they won. Like, you know, Alabama almost got them. You know, there was a time where I thought maybe Washington would come back in the game. Oh, no, it didn't happen. Harbaugh wins. It's got to, mm -hmm. like, it's just got to eat you alive. So then the... What he does, and it took a second because he sent his quarterback into the portal and didn't really seem to have a plan for a little bit. Right. But they went and got Will Howard, and that was kind of the first little thing. Like, okay, all right, well, I don't know how much better that is than Kyle McCord, but it's probably a little better. He's won more. He's, like, he's, he's really gritty. You like the he, argument, yeah. You would want Will Howard on your team. Like, say for, like, you know, a few quarterbacks in the country – most people would trade him for Will Howard, you know, like maybe 10 guys that you'd be like, well, if I have this guy, I don't want Will Howard, right. but I mean, that's 10 schools, you know? And so they're just the lucky ones right now. So he goes and gets Will Howard. Then a few days later, Nick Saban retires and he got, he was going to get Seth McLaughlin anyway, because Seth McLaughlin had gone the portal and had a rough game against, against Michigan, mm. but now he's going to go to Ohio State, so he at least guarantees he can maybe make up for that in his life. Right. Um, but had a rough game against Michigan. He's transferred there, which is a good pickup for them. He's an NFL player. Uh, he, had a, he had a bad couple weeks with Alabama, but he needed a new – okay, so that's a good pickup. Then, this last week, he picks up Quinshawn Judkins, mm -hmm. Caleb Downs, two of the best – 10 players in the portal, the number one player in the portal for sure in Caleb Downs, the best running back in the portal in Quinshawn Judkins, and then the number one quarterback decides he doesn't want to be at Alabama anymore because he wants to be somewhere else. And in spite of him hiring Bill O'Brien, a move I don't think was very good, he went out and got this guy to add into a stable of young quarterbacks and Will Howard that's pretty damn good. With Lincoln Kleinholtz, Aaron Nolan, and him, they're going to have really interesting battles. Now, I would say of those three, only one of them is going to stay. But, and like, I'm sure Devin Brown's probably on his way out the door I would soon. say he's the odd man out, yeah. He's going to be the, the first odd man out. There'll be a couple of odd men out. But to get Julian Sain in there 
to respond to Michigan winning, like that is a hell of a week of work that he's done. And look, he brought in an NFL offensive coordinator. I'm just not, I'm just on the fence about where Bill O'Brien really is no, see, at this I, point in his career. I didn't, look. yeah, when, when that came down that Bill O'Brien was going to be hired, I wasn't really sold on it because we've seen what he brings. Like you, He's good. Um, you can win with Bill O'Brien, but once it gets to like as like playoffs or championship caliber, he finds ways to mess up, and he's just not ever able to get a win. So I was kind of surprised when Ohio State went that route. Um, but at the same time, like there wasn't exactly that many great options out there. I think this is one where you bring somebody in with the experience, you get stable for one year, see how it goes, and then go from there. But the more I thought about it, because what last week when Salen – uh, saying hit the portal, there was all the news about everywhere he could go. And one thing that kept coming up was his relationship with Bill O'Brien. And I thought that was kind of weird. But I'm wondering the more of that, I think about it with uh, how that goes down with Bill O'Brien going up there and getting that job. I wonder if he was used saying as a, as a pitch, saying, okay, you can get me, but I'm also going to bring this quarterback with me. And if that helped him land that job, um, because other than that, I mean, it was a good hire, but it wasn't splashy per yeah. se. No, it wasn't splashy, and it's been kind of you know, it's been it's a little like but you know what you're going to get. With he's it. a retread. Bill, right. Bill O'Brien is a retread's a retread. But if Julian Sand likes Bill O'Brien, then that's a that's good hire. It. Yes, like that's a good hire. Um, you know, it, and they still have Brian Hartline uh, there, uh, who's the fantastic recruiter, the receiver guru, a receiver guru. Um, you know, they are. They're bringing back, and here's the other thing. Those are just the people he brought in. Yeah. They're keeping Travion Henderson. They're keeping Emeka Obuka. They uh, brought in a tight end from Ohio that's pretty good mm -hmm. um, to replace Kate Stover. So they really, they lose, I think they lose Michael Hall on defense. They lose Denzel Burke on defense. They lose Marvin Harrison. They lose Cade Stover. Maybe an offensive lineman that I'm not thinking about. But really, from a team that was ten and two in the regular season last year, and that were ten and three overall, but ten and two in the regular season, no, eleven and one. Mm -hmm. They were eleven and one, right? Because they only lost to Michigan. Yeah, they only lost to Michigan. So, like, they're an eleven and one team in the regular season. Only lost to Michigan, then lost the bowl game. So they're an eleven and two team. So on an eleven and two team, he improved at quarterback, theoretically. He definitely improved at running back yep. and just yeah, adding the depth. Um, as a matter of fact, the guy who was his starter is probably the backup now to Quinshawn Judkins and is fine with it Yes, because of the way that running backs are kind of seen now. So they've got that going for them. Maybe Travion Henderson leaves after spring. I think you, they're going to rotate, But I think they're going to roll with it. I think, I think, I think he's kind of – I don't know if they would have gotten Quinshawn Judkins or gone all in if they thought well, they were going to lose Trayvon Henderson because that was the plan. Yeah, I mean, you could, I think they sold it kind of like looking at, okay, you look at what Michigan was able to do with Edwards and with Corum. We can do the exact same thing if you're able to. It's, that's what you tell Quinchon, right? And that's yeah. what your conversation with Travion is like, we're going to bring him in, but we're going to help you and take some of the, the pressure off of you, alleviate it, and you're going to be more fresh when you hit the field. Yeah, hell yeah, that was an easy sell. Yeah, so like that's why, that's, that was the thing. It's like we're trying to prolong both of your careers here. Yeah. You're both going to be NFL running NFL. Yeah, because you're both the, you're gonna be NFL running backs. Quinshawn can't leave. Like no. Travion Henderson could have left this year. Like he could have left and gone to the league, but it wasn't his time. Um, I mean, as far as like where he was gonna go the draft right. pick. Quinshawn Judkins, if he left right now, would be probably the first or second running back taken. But he can't because he's a true sophomore. Mm -hmm. So he had to play another year. So he's going, and I, I'm still surprised he went there just given what Ole Miss is doing, but 
you know, one of them is proven, the other one is not. So yeah. I get it. And plus, I'm sure he's gotten a, a nice NIL bump. I'm pretty sure that's probably, yeah, the, the NIL bump, and, and I'm pretty sure that was part of the sales pitch. Like, great, Ole Miss is doing what they can. They're going to be in the mix. Their path is still more difficult. Come here. We should run the Big Ten, and you have a better opportunity of making the play. I mean, they're going to make the playoff. Both teams should make the playoff, but Ohio State has a better chance of making the championship game than Ole Miss would. Yeah, and so that's not even to say, like, okay, who are the wide receivers that are going to pop up that are studs that they have, Correct. you know, like those kind of things. But they're bringing back almost the entire defense. Like, really, they the best defensive lost. lineman's coming back. Yeah, like the be- yeah, the best defensive lineman's coming back. The second best defensive lineman's coming back. Their secondary's um, going to be loaded. They, they are losing two linebackers. They're losing Tommy Eichenberg, who's a really good player, and Steel Chambers is a good player. I think they're losing Steel Chambers. Uh, but they're losing Tommy Eichenberg. They're losing Denzel Burke, but they're bringing back a lot of people. I'm sure, like, they're bringing in, like, they're losing Denzel Burke at corner, but they're bringing in Caleb Downs at safety. Mm-hmm. So you tell me, like, yeah, you know, I'll, like, I'll take that trade. what's, like, okay, I'm losing this, but I'm getting the best player available to me in the portal. And that's amazing. Like, he'll, and he'll, in, in, in that defense, he'll do really, really mm-hmm. well. Like, that was, I mean, his choices were Ohio State and Georgia, so he was going to go somewhere play two years, and be a first-round draft pick. Caleb Downs going there, like, that really changes everything. And here's the deal about Michigan. For right now, Michigan is a little stuck in neutral because they don't – and I'm just comparing it to Ohio State. Mm -hmm. They are a little stuck in neutral because they're not sure if Jim Harbaugh is going to be back or not. Now, I'm sure that they think just like we do, and maybe maybe more optimistic because they they know, but – Jim Harbaugh's meeting with the Chargers again this week. Mm-hmm. I think today. And I think after that happens, Jim Harbaugh's going to be the coach of the Chargers. And, but Michigan is stuck in neutral because they've got to decide what they're going to do at head coach. And, you know, probably the best thing to do to keep their roster together. Just give it to Sharon Moore. And give it to Sharon Moore, yeah. who I believe earned it. He this definitely year. earned it. Yeah, definitely earned it. And so, like, that would be, and look, you can always. A couple years, if it's not working out, you can always make a change. But I think he's, I think you definitely need to give him a shot. I think you need to give him a shot. Absolutely. He's ready to be a head coach. Like he, he was able to navigate like through all this on game days on the hardest part of their schedule, too, against Penn State, Maryland, and Ohio State were the three hard games they played in the regular season. So it wasn't like early in the season where they're like, yeah, we'll suspend him. Right. Yeah. (laughs) We're going to have two different head coaches (laughs) in one game. One's going to do a half and the other's going to do a half. Yeah, sure. Whatever. Yeah. He's suspended. Ha, ha, ha. You know, these guys can handle it. Like, you know what? In the fourth quarter, we're just going to pick a random guy. Mm -hmm. (laughs) We're going to pick the drunkest guy that we can find. And he's just going to call plays. Run the ball. Yeah. If his shirt's off, he's coming down here. If he's painted and it's like falling off, like peeling, that's the guy who's going to call plays. We're not worried about this game at all. Like then, you know, we'll even let him like, we'll crowdsource a play. We'll put it up on the big screen. Like, should we run to the left or the right? And then if, if this side of the stadium say left and this one say right, just the louder just one even, goes. Even that's how playing field, yeah. huh? <laughs> But Sharon Moore had to be the head coach on game days without Jim Harbaugh during their three hardest games and navigated through a Penn State game against one of the best defenses in the country where they didn't throw a pass throw. in the second half because J.J. McCarthy was banged up, and then they didn't even need to. They didn't to. have to. They didn't even have to. Then a Maryland game that got a little dicey for a second because Maryland had the most prolific offense they'd seen, and then the rivalry game, mm-hmm. the game. He navigated through that. So I think that, that that is as good of an audition as you can get. 
And so, but they're still in a holding pattern, mm -hmm. and they're losing a bunch of guys. I mean, Blake Corum's going to the league, and you know, JJ McCarthy's going to the league, and Roman Wilson, and, and like, the path's going to get Chris more Jenkins is going to go there, and Michael Barrett's gone, and like they've got uh, Sanistrill is, is gone. They're all gone. Like they're leaving. So it's going to be tougher. And Ohio State just took all that information and doubled down and said, "All right, here we go. Like this is our time to like." We've been behind the eight ball for three years. They're about to lose Harbaugh probably. Let's make sure when and if that happens that we are already on the inside track to taking back over the new Big Ten, which adds four new teams next year. Yeah, and, and especially I think the way Oregon has loaded up, they're definitely going to be the one that you got to watch out for if you're Ohio State. Obviously Michigan as well. But at the same time, like I, I was surprised at this whole ordeal of hearing how – Throughout the process of the transfer portal and NIL, Ohio State has kind of been um, patient, per se, compared to other programs in the nation. They haven't really gone all in on NIL until right now. That was something that kind of surprised me, and I don't know if it's one of those where Ohio State looked at, the, looked at themselves in the mirror and said, we are a blue blood of blue bloods. We can get anybody we need. We don't necessarily have to play the field and the market the way some of these other programs do from NIL, and I think that kind of bit them. Um, and then now, man, they're like, I think having having navigated NIL the way they did and Michigan's success, they definitely realized this is our window. We have to go all in. It, it, to me, it's crazy because right now you're looking at a situation where Ohio State, Oregon, Georgia, and Texas are playing on a different – and Florida State, I think you could throw in there as well, are navigating the portal and playing on a level that other people aren't. Um, and I feel like you're going to see those four teams, four or five teams, kind of be the the new stables here, and everybody trying to play catch up with them. But yeah, this, it, to me, the whole thing with how Ohio State's NIL and everything has come together through all of this has been something that I thought was kind of caught me off guard. Well, and and they were like, it appeared a second, like, what's the plan here, right, man? Yeah. Like, you do know Michigan's about to be in the playoff, right? You guys didn't miss that, like. That's what it looked like. But, again, part of that is just us going like, all right, well, this guy's going here and this guy's going here, and look at this school. They're like, you know, Louisville, who just barely missed out on winning the, the ACC, right. is like, we're going to have this guy and 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 this guy. And we're taking from Tennessee and Ole Miss, and, like, we're going to the SEC and plucking dudes. Mm -hmm. Like, we are absolutely going to, you know, hit the ground running on, on, uh, on Jeff Brom. Not nuts about their quarterback choice. At no. Louisville, but and well, you know that might be a thing we talk about in the next segment. It's like we'll look at some of these teams in the portal that have done really well, but like what Ohio State did was um, was just like answer every question you could have. Absolutely. And now, like the future, like when you can choose between two five stars and Lincoln Kleinholz, who's a, who's a four-star and like was like right there, you've got those three guys with all pretty much the same amount of eligibility remaining, and you're going to lose two of them. Mm -hmm. Like You're going to. That's I, going to happen because they're going to go somewhere where they can play, but to have that ability to compete, and the fact that Julian's saying it, like, I did see one thing from Ohio State fans yesterday when they're like, Aaron Nolan's not going anywhere. I'm like, well, not yet. Like, eventually, yeah. Julian's saying Aaron Nolan or – You're not and, keeping like, those two. Two of those three class. guys – are going to transfer out because that's the game now. But the fact is, they're all there and ready to compete for that, and that that is a bonus to Ohio State. So that, that's one thing I wanted to ask you. So as Ohio State heads into this and they start having your spring and fall practices gearing up for the year and the quarterback battle starts unfolding, 
given what we've seen from Will Howard, are you confident that he can win that and be the starter, or do you think one of these young and up like Air Nolan or uh, the Saiyan can get him? Like, who do you like right now? If you had to think, you think Will Howard is good enough? I think Will Howard's good. I think Will out. Howard's good enough. Okay, and I think Lincoln Kleinholtz will be the um, will be the backup next year. Okay, and then they'll let the other guys battle out. Now Julian Saiyan might be good enough to like. I mean, Julian Sand and Aaron Nolan, one of those dudes might be good enough to where they wind up as the backup. But we'll see. Like, we'll see what happens out of spring. I don't know. Like, is Julian Sand going to be there in spring? I'm not, I'm not totally sure on that. Like, it's pretty late in January. I, don't, I, like, I know he early enrolled at Bama. And then he, I don't know how all of that. Yeah, he, he practiced yeah. with them for the bowl game. Yeah, so I don't know how so, all that's Yeah, I don't, I don't know how all that works. Like, I don't, I don't know. You know, we'll see, like, in spring. But, like, we know this. On August 1st, when they start practice in July 25th or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. When they start practice in the summer, they're going to have at least three guys and probably four, provided that I'm, I'm assuming that Devin Brown transfers out after spring. I'm, assume, I'm just going to assume that because right now the writing's on the wall that this is not going to go well mm-hmm. for him um, as far as playing time goes. Now, he may love being at Ohio State, and that's where he's going to be, so good for him. But more than likely, he's, he's probably going to transfer out. And then we'll see. So after spring, they're going to have three young quarterbacks and Will Howard, a guy with a ton of experience who's been through it all, uh, leading there. And I think that's going to be great. So, you know, I think that that's really good. So yeah. I, I'm, I'm, I'm really kind of um, like changing my opinion on what Ohio State's going to be in the future. You know, and especially like, look, Michigan was not beating Ohio State at all. Until Jim Harbaugh came. And no offense to Sharon Moore, he, he did beat Ohio State. But, I mean, like, it's a different situation. But you've got to capitalize when you've got this guy who's leaving. Yes. You know, like, it's – look, you know who did, who did it? Like, when Urban Meyer left Florida, the, the rest of the SEC capitalized, right? Mm-hmm. You know, and when Urban Meyer left Ohio State, Michigan capitalized. Like, that's when they're like, okay, time to pounce. Yep. We know that Ryan Day's good, but we feel our guy's better right now. And that's what they did. So that's the time to do it. All right, we're going to talk. Um, oh, uh, Denzel Burke is still in Columbus. Okay, well, I guess they don't lose Denzel Burke. I thought they, I thought they, I thought they did. Uh, so anyway, they're bringing back a lot of people. Yes. They're, they're bringing back. They are a veteran team. Right now, the way I felt about Michigan last year, the only thing I have a question about is how good is Will Howard going to be? But I've seen him play. He's a good player, and he's got a ton of talent all around him, including two running backs who are going to take a ton of pressure off of him. So I'm, I am my early favorite for number one next year right now is Ohio State. Like, I, I, I just think that they've got, they've got, like, the same way I felt about Michigan going to last year with all the experience they have coming back. They're the most veteran team, and they've added in places what they needed to. to yeah. Ohio I, now, Georgia Georgia's going to be there. But Ohio State and Georgia, to me, are the two best teams coming back right now. Man, I my 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 heart is screaming Texas. When well, you're okay, that. yeah, like, Texas, like yeah, okay. It doesn't, but it's, they're all on. They're yeah. so close to each yeah, other. Yeah, and maybe like between those three, it's gonna be like whoever's gonna be like Quinn Ewers, like Quinn Ewers and Will Howard have split their two times against each other. So yeah, you know, like what? <laughs> Very true. Yeah. So we'll we'll see. All right, when we come back. Let's look at some of the teams that have loaded up in the transfer portal and where we think they're going to be and how that's going to work out for them. This is the triple option on 365 Sports.
If your business is like most, you need things done quickly. But if you're still tying your critical applications together on multiple shared public networks, you've probably been feeling the slowdown. And that's no good for business. A private UPN fiber network can get you and your business moving at the speed of light. Whatever you need, we can build it. Internet, Metro Ethernet, Waves, Dark Fiber. We deliver custom private networks and are focused on business customers only. Our next generation 100% fiber optic infrastructure offers you low latency and ultra scalable bandwidth with speeds up to 100 gigabit to run your critical applications. Your connection won't be limiting your performance anymore. It's diverse and scalable so it can grow and change as your business grows and changes. And with a secure carrier-grade private network, you'll have all the reliability you need. Contact UPN today to learn more. Fast just got faster. This is 365 Sports, powered by Sikkim365.com. Welcome to the Triple Option. Here's your host, Paul Catalina. So, and we'll, we'll transition more, and I've seen the chat. They're talking a lot of Big 12 basketball today. We'll transition Oops. to more of that as, as the week goes on. I will say this. I'm not panicked about anybody yet because we're four games in or five games into the conference season. Yes. And this is how the Big 12 is. Oh, it's like, insane. Um, yes, Baylor probably could have won. They, should, they really should have won at Kansas State. They had that game in hand, and they let it get away from them. But they're on the road. And they really could have won at Texas had a couple things gone their way a little bit better. But honestly, like they lost in double overtime on the last possession. They lost on a buzzer beater the other day. That's the Big 12. Yeah. Like, I mean, again, the winner of that conference is not coming out unscathed. Like they're just, they're going to be quite scathed. I would be more concerned if I was, this is my, Amanda, I hope you're not watching. I'd be more concerned if I was a Kansas fan than a Baylor fan at this point. Yeah. Because Kansas has some terrible losses. Yeah. But then again, like, they're still going to turn around no, and I be know, Kansas. but I mean, like, just, I'm just looking yeah. at the two programs and the losses they have, I would be more concerned if I was a Kansas fan than a Baylor fan at this point. I feel yeah. like Baylor's just fine. They're a sweet 16 team. And if they could make a push, maybe. But I think they are what they are. They're fine. Yeah. So, um, I'm on on3.com right now. And... The top five portal teams that they have listed so far, and the only reason I think that Ohio State and Texas aren't on here is they, they don't have the quantity. Okay. There's like Texas and Ohio State to me have done, in my opinion, the second and third best or third and fourth best behind Ole Miss and Louisville because of their quality right. over the quantity. Right. Like if I had to give you my top five based on quality versus quantity and all that, it would be Ole Miss, Louisville, Texas, Ohio State, and FSU. And FSU's doing what they do. Like they've gotten a couple guys who are going to help them and mm -hmm. start. But uh, Gigi Uyangalale being one of them. But really, if you look at what they've done, they are building on these guys have extra eligibility. This is not one like this is not Keon Coleman and Braden Fisk who are one and dones right. to help you win the conference title and you know eventually get screwed. Uh, but <laughs> I have to get it in once a day. Ugh. But they are guys who can maybe help you long, longer term a little bit more. Like a Jared Verse, per se, like two years, couple years? Yeah, like Jared Verse type guys, guys who are coming up. Or, you know, like they got Jalen Brown from LSU who is just – I mean, he would have 
He would have played at LSU this year more than likely, but he decided he didn't want He'd to be, be there. He'd be a better like fit at Florida State. 20, 2023 class guys who are coming in, 2022 class guys who are all about to start, but you know they've gotten several guys from Alabama who probably would have yeah. been starting or playing for Nick Saban, but Nick Saban's gone, so they, they've got all those five guys. You know, Roydell Williams is a one-year guy, but that's just like they needed, had mm-hmm. needed running back. But like when I look at everybody else, like when I look at Texas, and they've got seven transfers in, and it's – Amari Nablock, um, Kendrick Blackshear, who that one is the one that's We like, need to see that. We need to see that one. But Silas Bolden, good. I've seen that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they've got the best, they got the best tight end in the portal. They got Silas Bolden, one of the best wide receivers in the portal. Isaiah Bond, one of the other best wide receivers in the portal. Golden. Matthew Golden, one of the other best wide receivers in the portal. And like you just just leaving it at that, I could stop. You know, but then I throw in safety Andrew McCuba from Clemson, a dude. There you go. So again, while their numbers aren't super high right now, um, they are. They, they are every very good. They, they, yes, they fill. They filled most of their positions of need right now, and they have so many young guys coming up. So mm-hmm. like, they don't need to get fifteen guys to the portal. They might need to get maybe a total of ten. Well, they're, and, they're doing it right because they're, they have a perfect balance of elite recruiting and fill in the stop gaps through the, rec- the, the transfer portal. That's what they're doing. Yeah. No, but I do like that's, that's how you do it. Now, there are a couple like Ole Miss we'll talk about in a second because they've got like four of the best Juco players coming in mm-hmm. as well. But, and they've gone pedal to the metal on the transfer portal. And as a matter of fact, Really, between them and Louisville, that's been like the most competition between guys, including Tyler Barron, who was committed to Ole Miss and is now going to Louisville mm-hmm. from Tennessee. But, I mean, they got, they've got 24 players in uh, at Ole Miss. Several of them are at Louisville. Several of them from Tennessee. Um, some from a and I mean, like, they've, they've really gone to the SEC. Dave McCullough from Oklahoma goes in there. Um, so that's... He's a Big 12 player that would have been an SEC player. Now he's an ACC player. But um, they've got, like, Penny Boone from Toledo, a big, powerful running back who's going to help them out. The only thing I don't – I'm not totally nuts about with Louisville, and I think he's a good player, but it's Tyler Shuck. I don't like be- it. Because he's not healthy. Like, that's what – I get why you get him. Because, you, you know, you had Jack Plummer who was an absolutely superior bus driver. But when you ran into like when you ran into Dennis Hopper mm-hmm. from Speed, like <laughs> he wasn't so much of a bus driver. Right. Like you, you saw, like FSU handed him two golden opportunities to score in that game, and they just ran right through him. Right. Like he was not the guy to do it. Now Tyler Shuck could have probably gotten some of that done because he's he's a lot more athletic than Jack Plummer. The problem is is that athleticism means diddly poo when you are not playing. Yes. And that's why I, I was surprised about that one a little bit. Now, it's not like quarterbacks are there, but Tyler Shuck to Louisville happened almost as soon as the portal opened. And that's the one thing I think where, where like Jeff Brown will get the most out of Tyler Shuck. He can get the, only get the most out of him while he's healthy. No, I mean, it's crazy, too, because if you look at Louisville traditionally when they started getting really good, they were getting freak athletes at quarterback and dominating. They were recruiting the hell out of Florida and bringing guys up there. Um now, it's going to be interesting to see. I think Brom will eventually do that. Um, I thought Plummer did a pretty good job last year, but I think Will Howard would have been a perfect fit for Louisville. I think he would have been ideally the perfect guy to fit in that scheme. Like, what, what if they had waited? 
Yeah, like just I, waited a little bit. That's what you could have done. I, I think that like going out there getting shuck when you did. I understand that at the moment, like you're needing a quarterback, but at the same time, maybe. And look, they, there still has an opportunity when the next cycle opens up in the portal. You can still grab another quarterback. I think they probably will. I don't know exactly what their depth chart looks like and what the younger guys they have coming up are. Obviously, they have to have a couple of them in the can that they feel comfortable about. But you you got to feel like if you're Louisville and you're Brom that you have a lot of confidence in being able to win with average quarterback play, kind of like Michigan did last year, not necessarily on that scale, and just work on your playmakers around you uh, to, to let your offense uh, explode and then just allow on your defense because, Shuck, I mean, that's going to be difficult to win many games in the ACC, especially going up against like Clemson and Florida State. When you get in those big games and you not, he's not the, the dude at quarterback, that's going to be a struggle. Yeah, I mean, if, if he's got to play, you know, and – I feel the same way about Tyler Shuck that I do about Alan Bowman. even Malik Murphy. Like, Malik Murphy going to Duke. Like, that's, you know? Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's a a big deal. Like, I feel like – and here's how I feel about Alan Bowman in that, like, look, he he finally made it through a year healthy. Like, that's great. And he's – he got it done. He got to the Big 12 title game. But, I mean, are you really banking on that to happen two years in a row? That's what concerns me about Oklahoma State. It's the same thing that concerns me about Louisville is that, you know – um, not been durable, just has not been durable. And, you know, look, and with Tyler Shuck, I can see where maybe Jeff Brom has rationalized it to every single quarterback that has played at Texas Tech the last two years has gotten hurt. Correct. So that is not necessarily a problem with the quarterbacks. That's a problem with their blocking scheme and their offensive line. Like, that, like, on a sidebar, like, if I'm Joey McGuire at Texas Tech, that is the number one thing I'm – like, even over defensive struggles, I'm trying to keep – like, I want my same quarterback to start at least 11 games next year. Yeah, that's definitely been their issue. But, yeah, I see how you do that. But the problem is, is that Tyler Shuck's been hurt. He was hurt at Oregon, and he was hurt at Tech. Like, so it's not just that. I would even say, like, sticking with Tech and – their, their offensive line woes, even when he was in there, you saw he wasn't nowhere near as, as confident in the pocket or consistent as Baron freaking Morton. So, like, I, I mean, you could use that and you could say the offensive line at Tech, but given the same circumstances, he wasn't as good as a younger guy. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know. Yeah. But, um, all right, so before we go to the last segment, we do need to address the fact that Ole Miss, I think, has quantity and quality – done the best job like they absolutely have now i maybe like on the rankings the you know tyler Barron, like that number flipped right one and three well, like colorado's number two right now and i'm sure that they're they've got really good they do have some really good players coming in and better players than they had last year but let's wait and see before yeah, we, yeah. let's wait and see how they they put all that together because again like the teams that win like with the portal and with recruiting are the ones who are doing both equally. And Colorado hasn't had enough recruiting classes in nope. there to balance that out. It's all been mostly transfer portal and one or now two recruiting classes. I mean, it would probably so, have to be about three or four recruiting classes. Yeah. Before so like to, ba- to get you right in the, in yeah. the sweet spot of where it's working, you know, I mean, I would say two. like, depends how good you could, you do it. Right. right. You know, but 
um, which is what Louisville's going to probably run up against. It's like, yes, it's all in the portal. Let's see how your recruits do, the guys that are developing, stay in your system and don't get in the portal. Mm-hmm. That's kind of the key in modern. But like, this, just this past weekend, they picked up Trey Amos from Alabama, uh, Brandon Tunage from Tennessee, uh, Ashim Young, uh, he left. Uh, Amorian Walker from Michigan. Uh, Yam Banks uh, comes in from South Alabama. So they, that's, just, that's just this week. That's just this weekend. Mm-hmm. They have been killing it, and they are going for it. Like Walter Nolan, Princely Umanmion, like all those guys, they have been absolutely killing it. Can they get over the finish line? And what's going to be a very, very tough SEC, but it, it has worked out for them. And look, Lane Kiffin's killing it, and Nick Saban's gone. So now, really, you've got to worry about Brian Kelly, who you, you beat last year, mm-hmm. but it, was a, it, was, it had to be like an epic throwdown. Yes. And Georgia, who absolutely handed it to you. Well, I think when you look at Ole Miss last year, their problem wasn't offense. They, I mean, they, they were they were putting up ridiculous numbers, um, and I think that you're you're gonna you'll see a dip obviously with Quinshawn, but I think Jackson Dart is a he's good enough to win with his arm, and, and given the players that they brought in, I've been more impressed with how he's he's managed the portal on defense because the the guys that he stacked up there, especially in the trenches, I think that's where he really learned last year, like. Ole Miss was almost there, but when you went up against the big, big boys, uh, you were getting pushed around a little much. And I think you even saw that against A&M. That game against A&M, A&M was dominating them in the trenches, and it took like some fluky trick plays for them to get the dub over the Aggies last year. So it, I, I, I like Lane Kiffin. He's, he's grown on me. Um, I would like to see him win. But at the same time, I, I need to see it with him. Like you can go and get all the people in the world, but – if you can't make it mesh and and put it together like we like Lincoln Riley, like we saw out there with USC, they crushed the portal last year on the defensive side, but it still wasn't enough to overcome your flaws from a coaching standpoint. So is that where Ole Miss is at? That's what I'm waiting to see. Yeah, absolutely. All right, when we come back, we'll do a quick NFL playoff recap, and then we'll be done for the day until the, the main show. This is 365 Sports. If your business is like most, you need things done quickly. But if you're still tying your critical applications together on multiple shared public networks, you've probably been feeling the slowdown. And that's no good for business. A private UPN fiber network can get you and your business moving at the speed of light. Whatever you need, we can build it. Internet, Metro Ethernet, Waves, Dark Fiber. We deliver custom private networks and are focused on business customers only. Our next generation 100% fiber optic infrastructure offers you low latency and ultra scalable bandwidth with speeds up to 100 gigabit to run your critical applications. Your connection won't be limiting your performance anymore. It's diverse and scalable, so it can grow and change as your business grows and changes. And with a secure carrier-grade private network, you'll have all the reliability you need. Contact UPN today to learn more. Fast just got faster. This is 365 Sports, powered by Sikkim365.com. Welcome to the Triple Option. Here's your host, Paul Catalina. Garrett, we have to get the bad news out of the way first when it comes to you and me and these NFL playoffs. Okay. Now, as fans, and in very different ways, um, the only two teams who have not made the NFC Championship game this century, <laughs> century, are Washington and Dallas. Yep. Now, Washington has done it 
<sighs> by absolutely um, being the wet newspaper of NFL Just franchise. God awful. Just terrible. Uh, and the Cowboys have done it by being as good as you possibly can be several times in the regular season, many times in the regular season, and then just losing in the playoffs in the most disappointing ways possible. Yes. Right? Yes. So whether it's getting blown out by Green Bay or, or, or the Vikings or the loss to the Giants in 07 or, you know, beating Tom Brady in his last game ever mm-hmm. and then uh, going to play the 49ers and getting absolutely just – like body blow after body blow, like physically beaten to this. I mean, you know, there's so many different kinds, so many different ways. Um, Tony Romo dropping a snap against Seattle on the, on the field goal, those kind of things. Washington doesn't really have any of that. They have RG three getting the playoffs and then getting hurt. That's about their only really, that's the only like, Oh, well, maybe we'd have been close. Like the, when Dallas lost, I'm not going to lie. I was so I was kind of – because I want to see it. At some point, even as a Washington fan, like, I'm t- like I, I finally want to see I want to see Washington there. I know. Like, I just want to like, see it. It's good for the league, okay? Yeah, I want to see – like, look, it's no – and, I like, I know people do not believe me when I say this. But I really do, in my 40s now, have a perspective. And it's maybe nostalgia, but – like when it came, comes to Florida State and the other two, yeah. like look, I'm not going to cry a lot of tears that that Miami and Florida are in the on the struggle bus right now. Uh, but I will admit that like it was way more fun when everybody oh, it was, was good. Awesome. Yes. So just as a Cowboys fan, I can tell you it's way more fun. Look, the '90s NFC East where all oh. four teams were good all the time. That was fun. This is not fun. No, this I, is boring, this is lame and repetitive, and I would like to get out of this reality at least and into another got one. some hope. At least there's some new blood. <laughs> yeah. I don't know, like, the Cowboys <laughs> are, like, locked in being the same. Like, they're never going to be long-term bad enough to stack the draft picks. No, they're, they're stuck in, like, a mediocrity, yeah. I don't know. Like, they have to be very clever and strategic with who they draft because most of the time they're going to be a good team, but not a great team. Yes. And so because they're good and they beat most everybody else, they're going to have that lower draft pick. And like right now it's 24. Mm -hmm. So they're in the bottom eight of the draft, which is fine. You can get great players in that spot, but you have to be really good at that. And I say that as a congratulations to the Detroit gosh darn lions who are in the NFC championship and you want to talk about a fan base who's earned it like those people, especially the ones like that guy they keep showing that's been to every lions game yeah. for the last 50 years or whatever it is, that guy's earned it. Those people have earned it. They've stuck by their team. Good for you. Eminem. You know, <laughs> I, I know it felt like a lions fan yesterday rooting for, them. it was yeah. so awesome. To it was see really great. Man. Like to like when they won that game and like the, it was so loud the whole time, but the eruption for when, like, it was like, you know, the last play was amazing. Yes. And, um, and I hate, like, I hate it because I really like Baker Mayfield. But, I like Baker too. Yeah. But so I mean, I, the, like, it, it means something for Detroit, though. It just meant, like, it just meant something for that. And so, also, like, I think there's no better match of human being in city than Baker Mayfield in Tampa. There's not. I can like, see that match. He's totally well. the that Tampa of quarterbacks. Well. <laughs> like, keep him. It's going to work out well. 
Cleveland was not a Baker Mayfield town. No. Tampa, Florida, believe me. It, it definitely has a vibes. total Baker Mayfield town. You know how many guys I knew in Tampa that were exactly like Baker Mayfield? Uh, probably about most of them. Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. But, um, but I really am thrilled for the Lions. I think it's great. Um, I, like, I don't know how – like I'm not one of those people who like roots for the team that beat you. So, like, when the Packers lost and Jack is out sick today because... Because the Packers lost. Because the Packers <laughs> lost, I'm sure. Like, that will get you. Um, but, but, yeah, the uh, the Packers lost. The 49ers have just been that team all year, save for a little, yeah. little minor stretch where they were not playing well. But they're, they're just that good, and they're going to get to play at home. But I really do. Like, to see the Lions in the Super Bowl in my lifetime would be amazing. Dude, I would I would love that. They I want like right now if I'm looking at the teams, I would love to see uh Detroit Baltimore. I, I think that would be so awesome to have that that Super Bowl. It would be fun. Uh but yeah, I mean Dan Campbell, dude, like going back in his the, the, the that whole coming in the press conference and biting the knees and like that really works. Like people well, like he seems like fun as hell to play okay, for. Yeah, he does. He care like he's intense. He takes chances. He's a fun coach. Like I've and I'll, I'll just say this. I remember when I heard it, and, like, I have one of my – the best man at my wedding, Ryan, he, um, he's a huge Lions fan. He is so happy. But he was like, this guy sounds like an idiot. I'm like, no. I mean, like, here's the thing. You don't hear NFL coaches sound like this because that's what high school coaches sound like. And, like, college and NFL coaches have become so – for the most part, which is why we kind of like Lane Kiffin, right? They're robotic. They're robotic and they're polished and they're, yes. they're, you know, they're sanitized because there's so much scrutiny on them. You can't really – and then you hear these things like, well, this guy's really like this behind the scenes. Mm -hmm. And you're like, well, I just wish I could see that more. Yeah. And I understand why they don't because it, it you can – everything can get misinterpreted. Yeah. yeah. You know, which is why I like Dion. Dion's not two ways. Dion's Dion. Like, I respect that. That Like, there's not two Dion's. Mm -hmm. There's not microphone Dion and practice Dion. So, yeah. Paxton says, love some Dan Campbell. Dallas should have hired him. I would have loved that. He was a former Dallas player and from assistant. From Glenn I mean, right yeah. down the road. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's from Clifton and Grant. Like, yeah, he. I think he grew up in Granbury or whatever. Glenn like, Rose. Glenn Rose, yeah, yeah. Glenn Rose, yeah. So, he was born in Clifton, grew up in Glenn Rose. Like, yeah. Um, but, yeah, they. Uh, they, it is just... But people don't hear coaches talk like that that much. Right. And so they assume it's corny. But some of the best high school coaches that I know are just like Dan Campbell. And that's not a knock on Dan Campbell. That's a compliment to the high school coaches because they know how to get the most out of their players. Listen to Joey McGuire talk. Joey it's or, or uh, Jeff, Tra yeah, Jeff it's Trailer. the same thing. Like those guys. Like, yes, that, that stuff works. Being genuine works. Um, I think Bill Belichick's pretty genuine. He's just this You know way. what you're going to get with him, yeah. You know what you're going to get. Look, Jim Harbaugh, I don't really know, but, like, I know his players really respect him. But Dan Campbell is so unique that, like, I think that's, like, that style work. And that's also – Detroit was also hiring guys it was, who were very antiseptic. They were trying to mm -hmm. – let's make it through this way. And they needed somebody in they there need a blue that collar absolutely – could not have cared less about the history of the Lions. Basically, they could convince the owner, look, just let's get in lockstep, the GM, you and me, let's get in lockstep, let's believe that we can do this. Nothing that's happened before the day I got here matters because it only matters what team we build now. Mm -hmm. We can't win in 1992 anymore. We can only win 
today. And that's, I think, been a really cool thing to see with the Lions. They're really fun to watch. They're really, like, you know, they've got a lot of cool, like, Amon Ross St. Brown's fun to watch. Jameer Gibbs was, Hutchinson? like, Hutchinson. Hutchinson. Like, but, like, they had this, look, their draft with Sam Laporta, um, Jameer Gibbs. Great Gibbs. And Gibbs. Brian Branch all playing all really well. And Bernard, they picked Jameer Gibbs at 12. People are like, Psh, idiots. No, that was They're like, great nope. <laughs> nope. Great pick. Great, great pick. Um, huge part of that game yesterday. They just, they are fun, fun, fun to watch. So we'll see. That'll be a great game. And look, we get the two best, like, the two best quarterbacks in the league right now are Lamar Jackson and Patrick Mahomes, mm-hmm. and they're playing each other. I think the world of NFL fans would would like to see the Chiefs suffer a little because it's been so repetitive. But you do have to recognize you how respect it, how, man, res- how like they figured out a way through playing really bad for most of the year this year. Um, you know, not up to their standard, dropping passes, being sloppy on offense. But man, like they're they're just who they are. But Going to the bank, that's going to be tough. That's going to be so tough. And I, I know there, all the talk this week was, was Patrick Mahomes going for the road, on the road for the first time in the playoffs. It did good. Solid. Solid. Yeah. Can he go in? Like, is there any – does that matter at this point, like going on the road again if you're him? Or are they just so good? You're well coached. You've been here. You have the experience at the moment. Like you just ride that wave into Baltimore. Yeah, maybe you do. But I will say this: I I am really hoping for Lamar Jackson to get to the Super Bowl because everybody questioned him and questioned him and he questioned him. He bet on himself. Not man. only that, he bet on himself hard, and you know he pushed the Ravens, a really good organization who almost made a really bad decision, to the limit to get it done and they got it done but also like there were i think atlanta washington and one of the team i'm not thinking of that all needed quarterbacks and all were like well we don't know if we want lamar jackson and then (laughs) you know like real like i get washington not doing it because they were in the ownership transition and you don't like it's hard to be like oh yeah we traded five draft picks for lamar jackson and like yeah i get like even though like Let's be real. Like, if you could have done it, you you could figure it yeah, out. Yeah, because, I mean, you're more likely going to draft one this year. That's not a guarantee. Yeah, that's not Lamar Jackson. Exactly. You know, Atlanta, like, rolled the dice with Desmond Ritter, and we saw what happened. The coach got all these things. Like, that would, like, I, the one I could not believe was Atlanta. I thought Atlanta, I'm like, guys, just go get him. Get him in a dome, too? Just go get him, you know? Like, you wouldn't have B. John Robinson, but you wouldn't really need him anymore because you've got Lamar Jackson. Like, so... Yeah, in a dome. In a yeah. dome. In a dome with Lamar? <laughs> yeah. Kidding me? So that means he's going to play probably 12 to 13 <laughs> games a year in a dome. <laughs> so, yeah, that's just at least 10. The majority of the games he's going to play inside. And you've already seen it with Vic. Like, you knew yeah. what it could have been. Uh, yeah. That's a great point. Yeah. Vic, Vic only got de- – like, honestly, and I believe this, I mean, the injury was bad, but he got derailed by bad decisions more than the yes, injury. Yes, he did. Um, so yeah, you could have had that, but for Lamar Jackson to, to make it to the Super Bowl when he had this world full of doubters would be really awesome. Mm-hmm. Like really, really. And to beat Mahomes to do it, I feel terrible for Buffalo fans as yeah, a fellow brutal. wide right sufferer. <laughs> I, when that's, when I, I literally thought of you. I'm not oh, going to lie. I mean, like, look, Seminole fans and Bills fans, we have a collective pain 
that is wide right. Yes. You know, um, I don't like, I don't know what the butterfly effect would have been on the universe had Scott Norwood's field goal gone in. Did, I saw, did you see the Bills fan with the Scott Norwood jersey That's where everything takes? Yeah. <laughs> so, and Tyler Bass, I feel terrible for him. You can you almost do that was coming. It was so, oh, the yeah. way that whole drive was going. Yeah. I mean, and the other thing is, you don't beat Patrick Mahomes with field goals. No. You beat you Patrick Mahomes cutthroat. with touchdowns. Yes. Like, you don't, like, you don't beat him with paper cuts. You can't do that. You have to, have to, have to just club the seal, man. Yes. Like, just, <laughs> <laughs> like, you can't just let him keep coming back. Um, they're like, the Chiefs are like zombies. Like, you know, like, there's only one <laughs> way to get rid of them. Away. You got it. Like, otherwise, it's just like, you know, oh, look, Travis, get like, oh, his hands fell off. Oh, okay, he's not <laughs> Oh, look, he's back up and catching touchdowns. Uh, so, yeah. Also. Jason Kelsey. We, I mean, come on. He's the yeah. man of the. Brother goals right there. Love that dude. Brother goals right there. Like a just, wild animal. And here's the thing. <laughs> to jump out of the box and go oh, chug so beers awesome. with the Buffalo fans. Like, you can't even, as a, like, the most die-in-the-wool Buffalo fans hate on that now. No. Like, that guy, oh, yeah, no. I know he's, Jason Kelsey, probably going to retire. Like, it's not official, official yet, but he's going to retire. Oh, it is. He retired. Well, no, he said on the podcast oh, that okay. he hasn't made, like, he didn't want to make the decision in the moment. Like, but it made it sound like, look, I, I just want to make sure that I'm in the right, you know, here. But I would, I know that somebody's going to put him in the studio or in the, in the booth. I don't think that that's what they need to do. I think somebody needs to hire Jason Kelsey to be a man of the people. Yes, like a brand ambassador or something. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> that's why I think they're doing wrong with Gronk. They've got Gronk in the studio. Yeah, that don't and work. And that's like... That's, that's odd. It's like keeping a golden retriever inside all day. Like, well played. just going to get bored. <laughs> yeah, like, well he might want to come in and lay down and cuddle with you, but... You know what? Like a couple hours a day, you gotta let him out in the backyard. Let take him for a walk. Let him run around. Yeah. Like that's what they're like. That's what Fox is doing wrong with Gronk. They're trying to make Gronk into this studio. Like, no, you need to put him like no. Out with he's got to be out. Jason Kelsey, like, they need to be out. Like seriously, just be out. Like let him mix it up with the fans. Like those kind of things. Hire me. Listen, hire me as your producer. I'll tell you where these people need to be. Look, um, like if I went to CBS, I'd be like, listen, um, Phil, you can be in charge of this little one segment we're going to give you, mm -hmm. and then nothing else. <laughs> I mean, all you would have to do is literally do what Game Day did with McAfee at first or whatever. Yes. Just be, yes. let him go out with the populace. Now, I know you probably have to – you would be cautious with FCC or somebody, but just – you're going to swallow it. You're but damn it, NFL. Look, you got so much money. Let, like, let those guys exactly. run. Exactly. Let it be a It's thing. a new era. There's all these other yes. avenues. Let them run. Like, absolutely let them run. I think they need to do that. Uh, and I think Jason Kelsey showed it. And, like, again, they're doing it wrong. Like, Grunk does all these, like, promotions and things. They're, like, the thing he's doing with FanDuel. Really yeah, cool. Like, among, all like yeah. all those things are cool. That was what he needs to be. Yes. Like, he's just, like, in the studio – I just feel like that's not – Well, I mean, the chemistry's off, too, because it just gets thrown around because they're used to doing it, and then you, yeah. like, go to Gronk. And it, yeah. yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, let him out. Again. And get rid of Tony Romo. I can't stand listening to that dude called Oh, I, 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 I enjoy Tony guy. Romo, but – Oh, Jim. Jim, 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 Jim. Oh, I can't stand it. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> um, Amanda said the same thing yesterday. Tell you, it makes me nauseous. And I said, I said, well, at least he's not your quarterback. Oh. <laughs> and she said, she goes, what do you mean? I said, I, she goes, I thought you liked Tony Romo. I'm like, I like Tony Romo. But the times when he was the Cowboys quarterback was. The turnovers. Like, it, I mean, he's a walking ulcer. Like, that's what it was. Like, oh. Oh, I know, like, oh, you're so much fun, but oh, my God, <laughs> yeah. it hurts. All right, uh, this afternoon, we got Pete Nakos from On3 uh, to talk transfer portal. We got Jake Spavital, Baylor Offensive Coordinator, talks about building what's going to be a whole new system that none of these guys have, well, at least Ashton Hawkins has, but yeah. only one of the guys has ever really played in. Uh, Daquan Finn's probably played in one like it. Pretty but similar. Building a whole new offense pretty much from scratch uh, for, for this team as he comes into Baylor. Uh, we'll also have Evan Miyakawa. Uh, he'll talk college of basketball with us uh, and break down the numbers. And Dan I believe Hope. What? Dan Hope, too. And Dan Hope from 11 Warriors uh, going through Ohio State's, um, I mean, like an Ocean's Eleven-like hall. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Like they, like they, honestly, look, they've robbed from Alabama. They've robbed from, let's see, who else did they get? Like, they've robbed from, like, the big three casinos, right? Yes. Like, that's what they've done. They got them all. All right, this is the Triple Option on 365 Sports. We're back here tomorrow. See you then, everybody. If your business is like most, you need things done quickly. But if you're still tying your critical applications together on multiple shared public networks, you've probably been feeling the slowdown. And that's no good for business. A private UPN fiber network can get you and your business moving at the speed of light. Whatever you need, we can build it. Internet, 